0: Today's year begins at the Mishnah that you will find about a quarter third of the way down the omid. On the side of the Daf, you see we have a Nosei Mivne heading. In the text itself you may have noticed some diamonds. These represent Shne shtei Dugmois pesh, We'll see. Two examples of the principle that we've been discussing at quite a great length in our recent Shi'urim. So we have two more examples of this concept of Pesha Osar, Pesha where a person uh, makes a statement which opens with something that may appear to be detrimental, but then closes a statement with the, the undoing of that point. The Mishnah. Shomra, Ish Ani, a woman who comes forth with information that as you'll see in a minute she comes forth with information that we did not know other than her testimony that she was married but she is now divorced she's believed the opening statement which restricted her which makes her into a married woman and hence she's not allowed to be with any other men it's that if we believe that then we have to believe the continuation of her statement that she is now a grusha meaning she's now not bound anymore to a particular man she's now free to marry someone else if there are witnesses that could tell us that she was a married woman and then she tells us that she is divorced she is not believed Omra nishveisi utorani. A woman says that she was taken captive by Gentiles, and she has remained pure, meaning she has not, she did not yield to uh, intimacy with the captors. Ne'menis, she is believed, and uh, with that belief, she can now marry a kohen. Shapesh the statement that she was taken captive. Who hapeh It's the same mouth that said that she was taken captive that is also saying that she uh, was able to maintain her uh, fidelity ve'im yesh edim shenish vehi omer torani. Likewise, like we saw it before, if there are witnesses that could testify about her captivity, and she tells us that she remained pure eno ne'emenes she is not believed and as we indicated before this would have ramifications toward her marriage to a Kohen she would not be believed that she remained pure and a woman who had relations with a Gentile is forbidden to marry a Kohen here we'll just translate this later the Gemara has uh, what to embellish on this uh, phrase but it, the translation is that if after she got married, uh, she married a Kohen, and then witnesses showed up, Hare zu lo tse. she does not have to leave uh, the marriage. That would be a very uh, a limited superficial translation. However, the Gemara itself uh, asks what exactly is this phrase referring to, and also what does the phrase really mean. Before continuing in the Gemara, we glance at the side where we have a no-say topic heading, which reads, What is the the uh, scriptural source, or what is the basis of this concept of Asar, the uh, the person, the mouth that restricts, and if you believe that, so then you would believe Hapeshitir, the undoing of that restriction. So in the Gemara we see Ravaski asking this question. From where do we see from the Torah this concept? The Posuk says, now this Posuk is in the context of a father who is confronting a man, a husband of his daughter in the context of Motsi Shemra, uh and the details the background is not essential for this particular piece of Gemara but in that passage the Pasuk says Isha. the father says he proclaims I gave my daughter to this man as a wife leish equals osra when the father says, I gave him my daughter to this man. That that restricts her. That means she's married and she cannot have intimacy with anyone else. And then he also says Haze hitira. That means that she's allowed to be with her husband. She's not just forbidden to everybody but she is also allowed to her husband. <clears throat> so that we see from these words the concept of Apesha osar, the restriction and the permission the what do i need a posik for Savarahi. this is a matter of logic he who law if uh, he has the capability of restricting her he has the capability of 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 freeing her of providing permission as well as far as the posik of the uh, what it's needed for it's for Rav Huna's teaching from where do we know that a father has the power to um, prohibit his daughter to anyone else Um, Rashi points out when she is either a minor or a Nara that's an age between 12 and 12 and a half she, technically speaking she's an adult but up till 12 and a half it's in the father's power to give her over in marriage as it says in that from where do we know that a father who says who proclaims I gave her over in marriage to so and so that makes her restricted to all other men from where do we know that a father has that power and he is, and hence, when he declares that he is believed, so the Gemara, Shinemar, esbiti nosati laish. The father says, "I gave my daughter over in marriage." Now the word hazet lomali. What do I need that word? What does that word teach me? Because in the pasuk itself, it says esbiti nosati laish Hazet, But I don't need hazet for Ravunamaraf. What does the word Haze do? Uh and Rashi simply adds, we already established that I don't need it for the uh concept of Peshosuhu A That we said is based on a svara, is based on logic. So scripturally speaking, what does the word hazet do? I need it for the teaching of the Detoni Rabyona. the lish The word hazet is a is a word that is of a minimizing uh, nature. It's a, a word that is a limiting word, and what it tells me is that this topic of motzi shemra, where a um, a man claims that his wife at, uh, was uh, it was in intimacy with another man after they um, uh, <clears throat> after they uh, mar after they were married. And if the uh, husband is turned turns out to be a liar, he has to pay a hundred pieces of silver. He has to pay a hundred shekel kesef. That's the parsha of Motzi Shemra. That uh, parsha exists when a husband makes this claim about his wife's infidelity. However, the that parsha that section of the Torah does not apply. To a yavam, if a yavam <coughs> claims that the wife was in, was um, promiscuous while uh, after her brother married her, the uh, and, and now we have the surviving brother, the yavam speaking, and it turns out that he is lying, then he is not subjected to the penalty of the male kesef, so that the word hazeh. Serves to restrict the section of the Torah that deals with this issue of a husband who casts aspersions regarding his wife's uh, faithfulness. Uh, the, the punishment that is a, that accompanies that particular parsha section of the Torah is restricted to a husband and has, does not apply to a yavam who makes that kind of claim regarding her marriage to his now deceased brother a woman who says I am a married woman and then she turns around and says I am an unmarried woman well she's believed the Gemara asks in her opening statement she proclaimed herself to be forbidden to anyone that's what the concept of Shavya of, of means she makes lenafsha she makes herself a disura, a unit of prohibition meaning by saying that she is a married woman that's it she's she's now prohibited. how can we how can we believe her when she says that she's a that she's a pinuya It's an, in fact it's a it's a contradiction to what she said before. You'll notice that this is not the same as pesha uh, where the undoing of the opening statement there is a, we'll say if it's a uh, a logical continuation of what was originally said. If a woman says, for example, <clears throat> "I was married," but I was divorced, that's plausible. But for a woman to say, "I am married," and then to turn around and say, "I'm not married," That's not an example of Pesha Osar Pesha Hitir. That's just a woman who says a who makes a contradictory remark. The Gemara asks so then as we're asking how can the source say that she's believed? The word amaslo we can loosely translate as she gave an excuse, an explanation for why she had originally made the opening statement on the side we have a, you know, say, a topic heading a, a woman who says I am married and then she turns around and says I am not married she'll be believed if she provides us with an amasla? by the way the Rashi that is relevant to this section of Mora is found on the top of Omid Bey's and there you can see Rashi says, If she can explain why she said initially <coughs> that she is married, uh, then there's a chance of our, our listening to her second statement that she's not married. And now we continue in our Gemara, Tanya Nami a Tanaic source that supports this a woman who says I am married the of and then later she tells us she is not married she would not be believed as we said before that when she by saying that she is married that's it she's now restricted she can't undo herself if she however uh provided us with a um an excuse or an explanation as to why she said what she did, so then she would be believed. Umaisanami was a once a woman who was uh, a prominent woman and also very beautiful, the the bin Adam and all kinds of men uh, wanted to uh, uh, pressure her into marrying them. And she told each one of these fellows, I'm, I'm already married. And that would, uh, that was a, with that, she was able to uh, fend them off. After a while, we saw her enter marriage with some man. Can you explain your behavior? On the one hand, you say, you say to people that you're married, and then you go ahead and get married to somebody. Uh, and when we say get married to somebody, we see her entering marriage, a, a new marriage. So Omra Lahem, she explains. At first, when unfit people came to me, undesirable people or unfit, whatever they were, so they when they approached her, Omarti, I said, In order to fend them off, she says, "I'm already married." Achshav Shabbat alaya Noshem and now that I've been approached by proper individuals, or matter Tivikidash, yes, that's me. I now uh, uh, accepted kiddushin, accepted marriage uh, for myself. Vizu Halocha Hello Rav Acha Sar Habirulifnei Chachomim Beusha, and this uh, uh, law uh, Rav Acha presented to the Chachomim, to the sages in Usha, the name of a, a, a city in which the Sanhedrin in, in, uh, was uh, present at one point in history, the Amru and the uh, Rabbi said, Im if she provides an explanation, an excuse for why she said what she did originally, then her latter statement will be accepted. Omru, a wife, says to her husband, Tamea Ani, Tmei'ani means I am defiled, but it means I, I am a nida, I am a menstrual woman, and hence I am forbidden to you. The Yomra Tahurani, and then she says, I was, I was never, I, had, I was not a, a nida, I was actually muteres mahu. What do we say about a case like that? Omra Omale, Rav answered, Af in this case as well, im nosna. We continue at the top of Omid Bey's, Amasla lidvorel, She provides us with a an excuse or an explanation as to why she said what she did. Ne She is believed. Mine Shmuel went over this point forty times. hachi lo And even so, when it comes when it came to himself, uh, Shmuel did not. Um, uh, accept this leniency. If we looked at uh, if we look at Rashi, uh, four lines from the top, ishto Shmuel's own wife said to him this that I am a nida, and then she later on turned around and said, uh, within a relatively short amount of time, she says I am not a nida. And she explained why she originally said she's a nida, and yet Shmuel would not. Uh, be with her. He would not conduct intimacy with her until her next uh, mikveh immersion. Uh, the um, Tosfos elaborates a little bit more on this in the Dibur the second Tosfos. <speaking in Hebrew> the Rach quotes the Yushalmi Talmud. Shmuel <speaking in Hebrew> is the kuki. Shmuel <speaking in Hebrew> wanted to be together in intimacy with his wife. Omra and she told Shmuel, her husband, <coughs> Temeani, <coughs> I am a Nida, and I can't be with you. <coughs> and the next day she turns around and says, I am I am uh, allowed. Yesterday <coughs> Temea, and today your Torah. To, to, for that to be, uh, it's, it's, it's impossible. You need seven days. A woman who says, who declares that she is a Nida, Let's just assume for right now she's saying as soon as she becomes a nido, I am a Nidah, You need seven, uh, seven days before you can even talk about some aspect of Torah. And again, we're talking on a Torah level. On practi- in practical halachic terms, there's more to it than that. But uh, one day certainly is not in the cards. So what's going on? So she tells her husband, Esmo lo haves bichelo ki shaita. Uh, I didn't have strength, I was fatigued so I couldn't engage in that uh, as opposed to now where I can also Shaw the Rav Shmuel approached Rav with his problem, Omar lay and Rav told him if she explained why she said uh, the day before uh, uh why uh, uh, if she explained as, as she did uh, then uh, she is uh, she is believed, and we saw in our Gemara, though, that <coughs> uh, that uh, Shmuel nevertheless did not take advantage of that heter of that ruling for his own uh, for his own benefit, but rather uh, waited the uh, that span of time that's required in order for a woman to uh, finish her nida period and become tahora again. Uh, there's uh, much more to comment on this particular Gemara. We're not going to uh, elaborate in the context of our uh, Gemara marking stuff, but uh, just uh, think about <clears throat> what Teisvis reports here and the, the interplay between husband and wife. And here we're talking about uh, very, very, very great people. And uh, as I say, there's quite a bit to uh, elaborate on this the <clears throat> Gemara as it continues presents us with some new markings you'll notice there's a crown shape and on the side we have a structural note, and on this Omid you'll see here and close to the bottom of the Omid, three lines up from the bottom uh, Makoros their sources shall ha-makhishim elu, where witnesses come and they offer contradictory testimony but in season, you'll see that the, the general topic uh deals with uh the married status of a woman so the Gomorrah begins third line from the top two witnesses say the husband died and two witnesses say he did not die two witnesses say this woman is divorced and two women two witnesses say she's not divorced Aresu lo well, a woman like that, who, uh, who's the subject of this kind of testimony, should not marry. Ve'im Nises, if she does marry someone else, lo teitzei, she does not leave, uh, she doesn't leave. Rabbi Nachem bar Yossi omer teitzei, Rabbi Nachem disagrees with the Tanekama and says that she does have to leave this, the new husband. Omar Reb Nachum Reb Emosai ani Omer Under what circumstances do I insist on her leaving the new husband? Bizman shebo edem v'achakach nisays. When the when those witnesses that said that the uh, original husband is is uh, did not die, and in other words, she's now aware not only of original witnesses that say he's dead, but also of witnesses that say he's not dead. And then she goes and marries. If after hearing about her husband's death from two witnesses, she then goes ahead and gets married. And then witnesses come saying that he's not dead. Lotate says she does not have to leave the new husband. The Gemara asks Michdi, in looking into this situation, we have a situation of two versus two. Two witnesses saying that she is allowed to remarry by virtue of their testimony that the husband's dead. And two witnesses that restrict her marriage re- or remarriage on the grounds that he's not dead. So you have two against two. They would cancel each other out creating in our minds a doubt one big question mark and even in a case where she got married already if she got married and then two witnesses show up saying that he's he's uh, still alive even in that case you still have a problem of two versus two that's Trey Utrey Haba oleha toluikoi relations with her Cre- is is in effect relations with a um, with a woman that is a, there's a, an element of doubt. is a, a, a doubt of a sin. If let us say there was no doubt about the husband, and he, in other words he's definitely alive, and someone had would would have relations with her, they'd have to bring a sin offering, a korban chatas. When you have a circumstance that is doubtful nevertheless there is a korban called an osham tolui it's called a suspended guilt offering that's brought under circumstances where that same sin if you knew it was a sin you would bring a sin offering when that issue is in doubt is shrouded in in doubt you bring in Osham Tolui. So how in the world can you allow, so it, when we say an Osham Tolui, we're basically saying you've got yourself a a sinful or possibly sinful relationship. Why would the source say, so that they can stay together? Every act of intimacy in effect is generating another need for a Korban. Osham Tolui. Omar of sheniseis l'echod me'ideha. The woman who got married in the above case she didn't marry just anyone, she married one of those witnesses that said that he was dead and Rashi points out that an Ashram Tolui is brought only when a person harbors doubt in his mind but this witness who came in to say he is dead he has no doubt about her being free to marry, her being a widow now so there's no need for an Ashram Tolui, there's no element of sin or, or or there's no element of even of doubt of sin in his mind the Gemara asks but he kaimo. but as far as the woman herself is concerned is there not uh, doubt in her mind so from her standpoint she is living with a uh, new husband but in a state of doubt that maybe she's still married to the first fellow the Gemara answers bori Lee the woman is saying that i am certain that he is dead if he were alive he would have made contact with me he would have come back so in her mind it is sure that he is dead as well so there's no issue of an osham totally there's no issue of of doubt of sin here omar Rabbi yochanan shnayim oimrim meis shnayim oimrim lo meis very similar to the case above. Two witnesses say the husband is dead. Two witnesses say no. She should not marry someone else. But if she does, so she doesn't have to leave the second husband. That uh, would seem to be very similar to what we saw above in the name of the Tanakhama, of the first opinion. Shnai Momrim Two witnesses testify that she is divorced, and two witnesses say she has not been divorced. She should not remarry, and if she does, she has to leave the second husband. Now what do we see? We have a split then, as far as Rabbi Yochanan is concerned, he makes a distinction between the case of Mace and the case of Nizgarsha. The tanakama above, he didn't make a distinction, he didn't make a split. Maishna U Sefa, why the difference? What's different about Mace where Rabbi Yochanan rules Lo Teitse, and in the case of Nisgasha, he says Taitsei. Uh, Taitsei, of course, means leave the second husband. As you can see, we now have a new series marking. There's a diamond that appears. And on the side, under the Nosei, Mivne heading, we've written, there is Gimel Deus, l'has b'achilut b'divu Rabi Ochanan. Three approaches to explain this distinction within Rabi Ochanan: b'in mikresh aboy omru sh'naim the amru Now the Gemara. Abaye, tir Explain Targumah means explain, Rabbi Yochanan, not with two witnesses testifying, but one witness saying this way and one witness saying the other way, and it would go as follows: Eid Echad Omer in Halacha, when a singular witness says that a the husband of a married woman that her husband is dead. That is a special kind of testimony. It's a special case. The rabbis have granted that single witness the believability of two. As if there are two. The Rashi quotes the Gemara in Yavomis that explains why we're able to do this. Why we're willing to risk it that a, a, husband, a, a witness that says that a husband is dead we believe him like two and she'll then go ahead and get married on his word we know that uh, if it turns out that he's still alive she is in really big trouble so since there's a big humrah that we uh, 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 impose on her uh, in the event that the information is not correct and the husband comes back on his two feet alive, and we see that the whole thing was a lie, uh, she then is, as we say, in big trouble. She'll have to leave the first husband, and leave the second husband, and children she had from the second husband are considered are are deen to mam So since she will pay a very heavy penalty, if it's not accurate, we say that... uh, uh, there's a uh, we'll say there's a very great there's a built in deterrent for her to to not to for her to remarry unless she 's absolutely sure of her husband 's death so if one witness says that he 's dead, he is granted believability as if he are t- was two and as Ula teaches when the torah uh when the torah when the when the halacha grants believability to one witness in general uh torah law requires two witnesses to establish facts but when we see one witness is granted believability he has the power of two and the single witness that says he's not dead have he's considered a as he is a single witness The the words of one witness have no power in the face of the words of two witnesses. In this case, the first single witness had the power of two, as we said. If that be the case, then then let her get married as a first choice. Why Why did Rabbi Yochanan say that, in such a case, the best choice is not to get married, but if she got remarried, she doesn't have to leave. Why did, why did he have to set it up like or phrase it like that? Let her simply get married as a first choice. She's got, <clears throat> in effect, the halachic power of two witnesses saying that the husband is dead. The Gemara answers Mishum to Rav Asi. Because of Rav Asi's teaching, we'll better understand Rab Yochanon, Diom Rav Asi, Hosir Mimcha Akshus Pe, Velasus Vasayim HaCheik Mimcha. Without translating the Posek literally, it means stay away from murky situations. After all, you have. A, uh, uh, when you look at things superficially, without the halachic analysis that we gave, you've got uh, contradiction in, in testimony, and we know that the woman had once been married. She should she shouldn't now marry a second guy. There's a certain element of doubt, if you will. It's a murky situation, and that and the pasuk says, as as good advice, stay away from from situations that are questionable. That is as far as the first part of Rabbi Yochanan's um, ruling. Uh, one witness, of course, according to Abaye, uh, one witness said he's dead, one witness says he's not dead, the witness that says he's dead has the power of two, two versus one, so that's why Im lotate says she doesn't have to leave the second husband. Seifah, the continuation of is. One witness says that she has been divorced, and the other witness saying she has not been divorced. Both of these witnesses, these two people, these two men, acknowledge that you're dealing with a woman that was married. She had everyone agrees here she had had a, a the status of Aius ish the one witness that's saying she was divorced he then is considered one a singular witness as a singular witness saying that she's been divorced he doesn't have weight against the testimony of two that say that she had been married hence she is considered it's two versus one And the two saying she has the status of a married woman. Hence, she has no grounds on which she can justify her marriage to a second man. And therefore, in says days, as Rabbi Yochanan said. A second approach. Not like Abaye, but Rabbi Yochanan was talking about a case like we thought originally. It's two verses two. Two witnesses saying... Uh, that in effect she would be allowed to remarry, and two witnesses saying not so, whether it's Nizgarsha or May Spilo. <speaking> the <in> Raw Rab Yochanon Dvorsha Rabnachim Bar Yosi the Loro Be accepts Rabnachim's restrictive ruling with regard to Gerushin. You notice we have an arrow. You can look back at the arrow uh, on the upper part of the page facing the line where Reb Nachem Rabiossi appears and he said, Tetzay. That if you have two witnesses saying she was divorced and two witnesses saying not divorced, she has to leave, the second husband. And that's what Reb Yochanan ruled. So he ruled like Reb Nachem regarding Gerushin. But he, but he didn't see eye to eye with Rabbi Nachem, Rabbi regarding the case of misa. That's below raw, but misa. He didn't, he didn't accept Rabbi Nachem's ruling regarding the case of two versus two on the issue of the husband's death or or lack thereof. And and in in saying that. The uh, result is Imnises lo tetse. had told us imnise tetse, but I don't see, I don't accept Rabbanachim on that issue, hence Imnises lo like Rabbi Yochanan's first comment. My taimo. Why the difference? Why this distinction? Miso eno yocholo makhoshoso. With regard to the information concerning death, if the uh, husband would come back she wouldn't be able to say to him you're dead, he's standing there therefore, if it's not clear to her that he is really dead she would not have remarried the fact that she uh, remarries it shows us that she has a she has a total uh, clarity and certainty in her mind that he is dead otherwise she would have no way out no way of justifying her remarriage in the event that the husband shows up therefore in the case of mace in nisei Slotetse gerushin though in the case of divorce yehola Mak in that case we saw two witnesses saying she was divorced and uh, apparently she was uh, happy with that testimony as witnessed by the fact that she went ahead and remarried someone else and two witnesses though that said that she was not divorced her marriage to a second husband is that a demonstration of her certainty that she was divorced? so our Gemara is saying no that's not a demonstration of her certainty that she has been divorced but rather it's because she has self confidence that if her husband were to come and challenge her supposed divorce she she would contradict him to his face she would say to him, what do you mean I'm not divorced? Certainly you, you divorced me. So it's because of that, we'll say that knowledge that she has that she could, she could contradict her husband himself if he should uh, come and uh, declare her still married. That's what gives her the confidence to marry a second man. So it's not a function of, of her knowledge, of her certainty of being divorced. Per se, but it's rather her, her confidence of her being able to simply uh, uh, push off her husband if, she, if he should come and challenge. Well, just the confidence to, to contradict someone, that's not uh, 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 halachic grounds for marrying a second man. The Rashi uh, that we look at together, Geirushin Yechoyvah Makhoshoshoso. We're looking at Rashi about a third of the way up or a quarter of the way up from the end of the Rashi commentary. If the husband himself would come along and say, I didn't divorce you, he tomar she'll say to him, yeah, you divorced me. law, if we allow her to uh, to marry and stay with a second man based on the testimony of two witnesses that said she was divorced, somecha al Kosha she'll rely on her power to counter her husband's claim and marry on the basis of those witnesses that said she was divorced all in a state of doubt she's not sufficiently uh, deterred from marrying that second man uh, and uh, lacking as a result, su- 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 uh, sufficient motivation to check out the situation carefully. We continue in the Gemara. O With a, uh, uh, we should I should just point out that uh, from here till the next time, the Gemara gets involved with a was called a uh, a detail. We're going to question the answer we just gave, but the more we'll question it and also answer so as far as the uh, structure is concerned that's why this section we put in brackets because it's it's dealing simply with this uh, with the, with the uh, evaluating the answer but the answer stands the chiluk between Misa where we said and that's the that's the hesbub for Rava's din uh, and Ravasi comes up with a third approach to Rav Yochanan that we'll see when we get to Ravasi. So in the meantime, let's go through the bracketed section. A, would a woman be so bold as to contradict her husband? Her husband says, uh, "I didn't divorce you." Would she be so bold as to contradict him? Said, so "Yes, you did." A woman who says to her husband, "You divorced me." Neemenis she is believed. Chazaka ein isha Meiza, panela b'fnei bila. There's a an accepted, there's a given, uh, 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 a status that women have that they would not be so bold as to simply uh, contradict their husband, unless. It's absolutely true. So that as far as the uh, point that was made before that we don't rely <coughs> on the woman uh, because uh, it, it, we don't rely on the woman in the case of uh, uh, Gay Rushin because she would simply uh, she has this uh, confidence that she can simply uh, repudiate, uh, re- rebuff uh, that which her husband says, just for, the, we'll say just for the sake of contradicting him that's not so women don't behave like that if a woman says to her husband you divorce me it must be the absolute truth otherwise she wouldn't say that so if, uh, if we were to accept then Rav Hamnunah uh, as uh, as such then there, we would go back to the issue of why would Rabbi Yochanan have made any distinction between Misa and Gerushin just like in the case of Misa, she is, she is uh, sure that he's dead bef- uh, because she knows that she'd have nothing to say to him if, he, if the husband were to come back. <laughs> so, too, in the case of Gerishin, if she is remarrying on the grounds that she is telling us, yes, he divorced me, she is telling the absolute truth. Why then should she leave the second husband? The Gemara answers, Hani Mili, that which we say that, uh, like Rav Hamunah, that a woman would not be maize punim; she wouldn't be so bold as to say something like that unless it's absolutely true when do we say a woman would not be de pun when there are no witnesses that are supporting that claim that she's divorced <laughs> where there are witnesses that are supporting that are helping that position. Meiza Umeiza, she will be so bold as to say to his face that you divorced me. Uh, and thereby uh, serving as an excuse for her to remarry a uh, second man. Ravasi Omar, Ravasi again explaining Rab Yochanan above, Kagon di Amri Adim, Achshav Mes, or Achshav Gershav. The witnesses that say, that, he's, that the husband died, they're saying he died today. He drowned at sea today. Or he was eaten by a lion. But it's of, a, of an immediate nature. This is information that we have no way of checking out. And therefore, as a first choice, she should not remarry. But if she does, she doesn't leave the second husband and uh, Rashi adds a, a technical point, but we discussed it above, and she's able to marry uh, to remarry if she's remarried one of the witnesses that said he's dead. However, in the case of Gerushin, there, there the witnesses that are saying she's divorced, they're also saying <clears throat> she, is, we, she was divorced today. The Gemara can now explains the difference. Misa, as we explained the case of Misa, there's no way for us to check out the details, therefore if she marries she remarries and she's remarrying one of the witnesses and we, we know that uh, if he were to come back she'd be in real big trouble so we allow her to stay with the second, mar- in the, with the second marriage if she did remarry gerishin though what are the two witnesses saying they're saying she got divorced today there's room for further clarification we say we we ask her we say to her if it's so as they're saying that you were divorced today uh, show us your divorce document it's true that people lose things but not within a day and if she can't produce the divorce document that, that uh, casts a tremendous uh, uh, shadow of doubt on her being actually divorced and therefore Rabbi Yochanan will tell us that if she did marry someone else uh, on the heels of that testimony that she was uh, divorced that very same day and, we, um, and she couldn't produce the divorce document she has to leave the second husband Uh, we continue but beforehand we look at the side where we have a no say topic heading like we had before we have two verses two regarding the issue of a woman's marital status two witnesses saying that she uh got married and two witnesses saying she did not get married Two witnesses saying that she got divorced two witnesses saying that she did not get divorced two separate cases here let's see the how this Taneg source presents them you'll see a contrast in these two cases <inaudible> two witnesses saying that this one uh, just got married and two witnesses saying she did not get married Harezu Lo say She should not marry another man. says if she does marry another man, Lo say She doesn't have to leave that second fellow. Omrim Lo Two witnesses saying that she was divorced, and two witnesses saying she was not. Harezu She shouldn't marry a second man, and if she does, she has to leave that second husband the uh, Gemara asks the obvious question we are at the top of the Avchof Gimel what is the difference between the ratio case involving Nizgatsha and the Sefer case involving Nizgatsha structurally we see triangles on the side of the Gemara you notice we have a Mivneh, a structural note the triangles represent Shnei, Dirochim, Lahazbir, Ayavdel, Bain, Areshav, Seifa, Shalabraisa, Besov, Chopbeza, With Two approaches to explain the difference between the Resh and Seifa in that Braisa. The first uh, triangle, by the way, you notice it's a the long marking, and the second triangle as well, a long marking. These involve what like, called long answers. Omar Abaye, Tir be Be'eid we saw this approach uh, when we were dealing with trying to understand Rabbi Yochanan, back on Chof uh, Beis Omed Beis, and uh, it's interesting to note, uh, once you have the Gemara marked, you can see very quickly, that was Abaye's approach in resolving the Rabbi Yochanan uh, Psak. Uh, Abaye follows the same approach in resolving this Brisa. So, how do, how do we apply it? As follows one witness says she got married one witness say no she never got married both witnesses acknowledge that up till now she was an unmarried woman the witness that says well she but she got married he is a single person he's a single a single witness one witness has no power in the face of two so you have two witnesses that acknowledge that till now she was known as an unmarried woman, therefore, if she marries someone else, she doesn't have to leave him. One witness says that she was divorced, and the other witness says no, she was not divorced. Both are in agreement that she had the status of a married woman. The one witness, the single witness that says that she got divorced, he is, at, at best, he's a single witness. And the words of one don't have any strength, don't have any power against the words of Two witnesses. Therefore, as far as the two witness information is concerned, she is a married woman. Therefore, if she marries someone else, she must leave him. Rav Ashi Omar, L'Oilom Treutre. As far as the Tanaic source is concerned, it's two witnesses versus two witnesses, not like Abaye's approach, the Epoch, but flip things around. That means in the Rashah we will say that if she married someone else, she has to leave the second husband. The ratio being the case of the Nizgatsha. And in the Seifa, we will say, Lotetze. And let's continue now reading that. Shreem Omrim, the two, in the case of the Nizgatsha, they are saying as follows. Now here we watch the, notice this, the change in language. Roinuha sh'Nizgatsha. Two witnesses are saying, we saw her except marriage from some man and two are saying we didn't see we didn't see her except marriage Harizo she should not now marry some other man if she marries some other man now she's got to leave him leave that new husband shita that's it's obvious lo inuha the testimony of the second witnesses that say we didn't see her get married ain't no raya that's no proof that she didn't actually get married all they're saying is we didn't see her get married they're not saying she did not marry they're saying we didn't see it and uh, statements like that we didn't see something is not proof of anything, so the ruling, uh, according to a Rav Asi, is presenting the teneic source in this in this reversed fashion. You've got a source that's telling us something that's obvious. You don't need you don't need teneic sources to to reveal the obvious. So why would it teach this? Low No, it needs to be taught. That what are the circumstances? The diary b'chot tsricha. You have these witnesses that are saying we didn't see her get married they live in the same courtyard with her without this tenaic source i would have thought on my own if she really got married it would have created literally a noise it would have created um, public talk about it. it would have been known and since there is no Q'il, since as far as they're concerned uh, it's not known everything's quiet therefore we, could, we would have thought she's definitely not married Komash Malon, the source is telling us through the uh, ruling that if she does marry a second guy she's got to leave him the avdi inshi the mikachi this source is revealing to us that point of information that people do get married in quiet or in, in privacy in quiet where there is no curl. So, we what we have then are two witnesses saying that we saw her marry. Two witnesses are saying we didn't see it. That their statement of we didn't see it has value to us. Insofar as we just said, they, even though you might have thought that it creates noise, and in the absence of the noise, in the absence of the uh, public awareness, she would be definitely not married to a uh, first guy, we don't say that. And therefore, she has all we're left with then is the testimony that she definitely had married some man, and therefore if she marries some other guy, she's got to leave him two witnesses are saying we saw her receive a divorce document we saw her get divorced other two witnesses are saying we didn't see her get divorced she shouldn't marry a a new man, a new husband but if she does, she doesn't have to leave him What's the purpose of this the seifah? Are you telling me that even though the witnesses that are saying we didn't see her get divorced are living in the same chotzer, so uh, uh, even though they're living in the same chotzer, and you would think they would, uh, they if, if, if there really was a divorce so they would know about it and since they didn't know about it they don't hear about it so she is uh um, maybe not considered a divorce uh, therefore the source is telling us that that things take place in private. Uh, well Haiuha, all of that is the same as what we saw in the Reisha Why is there any need to teach this this seifa, this second uh, the second part of the source in the, in this fashion? The Gemara answers, Mahu de gerushin, de avidi inshi de When it comes to marriage, there it's it's uh, it's not totally uncommon for people to get married in private. That's avidi People do practice getting married in private. It's not something very odd. So had I just taught the case of kiddushin, I wouldn't have known how to conclude with regard to the case of divorce avogabi Gerishin emisa de if in fact she had been divorced kola is law milsa that would have certainly created noise uh, divorces are, are uh, basically, very unpleasant, and there, uh, and and uh, w- what leads up to it uh, creates a lot of noise. This is what I would have thought. And if we don't hear, if we didn't hear any uh, any of that, uh, uh, any any noise about her getting divorced, then she's certainly definitely an ish. Komash Malan, The source reveals, even in the case of Gerushin, Davidi in she the makashi U de megarshi people will do that in the divorce in private as well. And uh, the finish then is, is that even though uh, the they will uh, divorce in tsina, and we have two witnesses saying she's definitely divorced, two witnesses are saying they're simply not aware of it, and now we're telling you that, yeah, people get divorced in private, so the testimony of the two that say she's divorced is very solid. Even so... The source also tells us that as a first choice l'chatechila she should not remarry.